Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Happy Project Podcast. My name is Becky. Sitting next to me is Cedric Sky Seti, and we're here for yet another excellent episode. And we're glad that you are tuning in. Hello, everyone. That's where I toss it off to you. <laughs> My bad. And we make a smooth transition. Which didn't happen, <laughs> but yeah, good to be here. I could. <laughs> In my home. I know, right? <laughs> In your home. It's great. <laughs> great to see you after all 12 days of seeing you straight. Yes. We were quarantined. <laughs> I mean, more than 12 days. We've seen each other many days. Pretty much every day. Every day. Why, why, why are we… <laughs> Wait, this, this isn't… Is, this is the part of the small talk. Oh, okay. But we can't do really lots of small talk because there's nothing to catch up on. No. Because we already know everything about each other. That's true. That's very true. And we literally spend… Every single day together. Almost every moment, unless you have like a gig or something. I'm typically working at home, but we spend a lot of time together, which I'm very happy for. Okay, you don't sound too enthusiastic about that experience. No, it's great. I think a lot of couples, they, you know, get tired of each other at a certain point, understandably, but… that Why is it understandable? I can understand from the outside (laughs) looking in, but for us, I think we have not reached that point, nor hopefully we will (laughs) never reach that point. So after you climb out of this hole that you dug, let's continue with our episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today we're going to talk about… I don't really want to call it listener mail because it's not really listener mail. It's more of um, an accumulation of comments that we have received over a period of time. Uh, over various videos, but they all seem to carry a very similar connotation, right? So Mm -hmm. consider this this, the summation of all of those things. And uh, we decided to tackle it in one go. And basically, it's this statement that being half Korean just means you're not Korean. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of what, maybe what the connotation is behind that statement, what that feels to us when we hear that, And maybe breaking it down a little bit because it is a very, I mean, honestly, it's quite a blanket statement. And we also know that pretty much in all circumstances, you can't really use a blanket statement. Um, Well, I mean, I guess in some circumstances, you can use a blanket statement. Mm -hmm. But in general, when you're talking about, especially when it comes to people, society, cultures, differences, blanket statements tend to be uh, lacking the nuance that's required when right. we're discussing these topics. But yeah, I, I think this is important for us to discuss as half Koreans because it really affects half Koreans a lot. More than um, probably other mixed race cultures in a different way because of how Korean society is, which we'll get into in a bit. And I think not only Korean society, but there are a lot of, from what I've sort of noticed, mm-hmm. like… Asian societies, uh, a lot of mixed Asians tend to have Mm -mm. sort of similar feelings or experiences like we do when it comes to not being, you know, considered that Asian side, even as a half mix. Mm -hmm. So it's, this is a very important conversation for us because this is something that we're dealt with Mm. uh, every single day, essentially, especially living here in Korea. Um, And I don't think it's, we're not going to come at it from a like super negative or like we're angry standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but we do want to just keep it real with the conversation of how this makes us feel and why is this happening and just try to dissect that. Yeah. I think you're right when it comes to talking about um, particularly 
we are in particular talking about people who mixed Asian and especially mixed mm-hmm. Korean. But no doubt that statement, you don't look something, therefore you are not something, I think is very easily heard by people who have a lot of mixed Asian ancestry. Um, say, especially when the Asian culture would be something where the image is very typified of what that group mm-hmm. is. So for example, you would look at someone who is Japanese and be like, oh, you're clearly Japanese or someone is Chinese. Oh, you're clearly Chinese, which again, there's lots of breakdown and what that might look like. But when there's a certain culture that's very heavily typified by a certain image or certain look that people expect you to have in order to fall under that category of that ethnic group. And that is the truth when it comes to Korea as well. In Korea, as you're walking around the streets of Korea, essentially you're going to look around and see people and just say like, oh, that person is obviously Korean. Just by looking at you, I can tell you are Korean. And so we're carrying Mm -hmm. that mindset when we're talking about this statement. Just because no one knows that you you don't look Korean, therefore you are not Korean. No one can guess you are Korean, so you are not Korean. And it really breaks down this idea of being Korean purely on your looks. And that statement itself, I think, is… It's very difficult. Or let's say it's a slippery slope, right? Because then you will look at somebody who is half Korean, who carries a lot of these Korean genetic features. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, is that person Korean then? Based on this statement alone, you don't look Korean. Therefore, you're not Korean. Oh, well, you look really Korean. Therefore, you are Korean. Which is a very dangerous, slippery slope to fall down. Yes. Yeah. And it's a very—it can be very— even to the point of traumatic to some mm. people, Mm-mm-mm. you know, like, um, and we'll talk, I guess, a little bit more in, in a bit about how I've dealt with that. But like, you know, I'm reminded every day how I don't look like the typical Korean. Yes. Because I live here in Seoul um, or just in Korea in general, like every single day there is an awareness that I look different. And it's subconscious most of the time because I'm not just walking around <laughs> just thinking, oh, I look different. I yeah, look different. Right. But like, there are times, and this happens more often than not, where I'm just walking and then, you know, whenever people look at me and they, yeah, they look yeah. at me briefly, it's yeah. not like I get a bunch of stares. I really feel like I don't. But like when they look at me, I always have that sudden awareness of, oh, they realize that I'm not like them. Mm-hmm. I have this subconscious feeling. And I think, you know, living with that every single day, it does something to you mm. psychologically. And I can imagine with some people, especially when they uh, their identity is really just tied up in how they look and being and really wanting to be accepted, like that could be more traumatic to them knowing that, oh, they're just so different. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. this is our reality. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's subconscious. It's part of this, um, like this social implicit understanding. You are part of our group because you look like us. Mm-hmm. It's just an additional cue that's uh, unspoken, like subtle. Sorry, my Korean came out. Unspoken. Um, each like other, each other, right? Like mm-hmm. an each other mutual understanding that you are part of the whole. And we don't have to go through that topic to discuss, hey, you are also Korean. Like you don't have to explain it to somebody if you look Korean that they'll just be like, oh, you're Korean. Right. Right. Because it's just unspoken. We get it. You look Korean. Therefore, you're part of us. But when you don't look Korean, then you have to go through that conversation. And it's like, well, anyone who's quote unquote fully Korean is not going to have to go through this conversation. Why do I have to? Which only further separates you from the whole. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? That made total sense. That was sense. kind of all over the world. That just went, <laughs> <laughs> it went everywhere. No, that makes sense because I'm the guy that uh, I have to explain, oh, I'm half Korean. And yeah. then they're like, oh, cool. Or wow, <laughs> I, I, I didn't I see that. I never would have guessed. Exactly. Right. 
you go through this every single interaction, especially yeah. when, when you're meeting something new, like, or someone new. I remember when I first moved to New Jersey, I moved to K-Town. Um, and basically, like, everybody in the town, and I, I showed you the town when we went back to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, everything is, like, it's a very small town. It's you so know, Powell tiny. Park, yeah. shout out to Powell Park. But, um, you know, I remember as I moved up there and I was starting to, you know, make relationships, pretty much every interaction in the beginning, from what I remember, mm. had something to do with me having to say I'm half Korean. And then it's like, oh, cool. Or, wow, I didn't, I couldn't see that. Or you don't look mm. Korean. Mm. They don't, you know, never mean that in a bad way. Mm. But you go through this every single conversation gets old because, you know, for example, like if I were full, I don't know, black, right? And I go to, or full anything. And I go to a group of whoever I am, <laughs> you know, like no I don't have to go through like, that. Oh, whoa, you're black? Whoa. Right, right. Because right, so, you don't have to explain it. Yeah, just imagine trying to go through that conversation every day, mm-hmm. pretty much for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. it gets a little annoying. And the other aspect of that is, as annoying as it is, it's almost like you can't really fault individuals for Absolutely. that. So it's like you can't really, like, get upset with them yeah. or, like, you know, tell them off. So it's just a burden, that I guess, that we have to live with <laughs> as halfies. Yeah, of course. And and again, people who are joining in right now, maybe you're thinking, oh, are you just going to slam everybody who doesn't understand your point of view? How can we all understand your point of view? We're absolutely not doing that. Yeah. We're just saying, this is what we're experiencing. And we just kind of want to explain it a little bit more. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it's just our reality and our experience. But again, we're trying to come from a empathetic place of mm. like, well, we understand why it happens, but mm. it doesn't mean that it makes it, you know, less annoying. Mm-mm-mm. And the other thing too about this, uh, the way you look, it's not simply just the way you look and that initial conversation. Let's say you and I, and this happened very recently, where you and I will go out to a restaurant, okay? Mm-hmm. And the maitre d' or whoever's at the front, the hostess. What did you say? Maitre, maitre d', like… HRD? I don't know. I've, I feel like I've heard that term before. I thought it was the person who <laughs> welcomes you to the restaurant. I mean, it might be. I just, I've never heard that. Maitre Did I make that up? I feel like I've read it somewhere. Anyway, it just came out. So what you I meant right. was the hostess. Um, and she, so it translates the way you look and how somebody mm-hmm. assumes you are Korean or not Korean. It translates into their action. So it's real life behavior that becomes your reality. When it's purely based on someone's assumption of your look. So you and I went to the restaurant and the hostess looks at both of us. And she says to me in Korean, did you do your Corona check? Like, uh, right. what is it? Kuv check. So you check your QR before you enter any restaurant because you have to be fully vaccinated in order to sit together with someone. That's the current situation in Korea. So I said, yes, I did my QR check. She glances at you. And then asks Ask me <laughs> in Korean, did he do his QR check? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. But then she follows up, is he fully vaccinated? And I was like, yes. And she was going to say something else. And then I was like, yes, yes, he got vaccinated in Korea. He's fully vaccinated. He did his QR check. And it just kind of came out of me. Because what it was was an understanding that she is making this assumption of you. Mm-hmm. And it was very negative. It was like, oh, well, he doesn't look Korean, so he couldn't have gotten his full vaccination here. Mm-hmm. Also, he doesn't look Korean, so he probably doesn't know what QR code is, or maybe he doesn't even have a Korean phone. And it just kind of jolted inside me like, what is this? Why are you separating us in purely on your assumption of, of what we look like? Right. Especially when I've already told you in Korean 
directly to you with him standing right there that, yes, he did. So what, what more evidence do you need? But it's like those, those real life interactions, which you know, the foundation is, is set only on how their assumption of what we look like. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you actually, you know, respectfully put her in her place. But like, sometimes you need to do that. But like, I remember this is just last week, by the way. This was last week. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, you know, you get so annoyed in the moment. But, you know, again, the empathetic side mm. um, says that, well, the track record for foreigners, and I look, you know, at first glance, they're not going to know again that I'm Korean. Uh, I knew. Well, yeah, you did know. But, I saw you across the room. But a lot of, <laughs> yeah, but a lot of Koreans, they, you know, they they won't ever guess that, mm-hmm. right? At least Koreans that live here. And so, like, I can understand with the track record of foreigners not being able to speak Korean many times that she would just make that assumption, mm-hmm. you know, and she didn't mean any harm by it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And the other aspect of that is a lot of times Korean people are a little intimidated to try to speak English, even mm-hmm. though they could like speak a little bit. So all of that could have been uh, just a mixture in that moment that that caused her to, mm-hmm. you know, do that. And mm-hmm. she probably didn't think anything of it. But mm-hmm. that's the empathetic side. But my side is it's still annoying. Mm-hmm. And she shouldn't have made that assumption. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is true. At the moment, I looked at you and I said, did you do your QR check? And that is, I obviously know you've done your QR check. I obviously know you understand what she's saying. <laughs> she like, no. But it's just, it's my way of letting her know in a kind of more subtle manner. He's, hey, he's present and he's part of this conversation. Don't overlook him because of your assumptions. Um, and so, again, it's, you're right. It's that two sides of having empathy. One side she should perhaps be more empathetic to our case now that maybe she's encountered more mixed Koreans. But at the same time, we also need to be empathetic to her side and recognize maybe she hasn't met any mixed Koreans and has no idea what we might look like and who speaks Korean and who doesn't. But all of that to be said from a personal standpoint, it can be very frustrating to encounter those kind of interactions on a very regular basis. Uh, Therefore, we're talking about it today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the thing also I want to emphasize here in Korea, there is still yet the idea that your ethnicity or Koreanness as uh, ethnic Korean is tied to your citizenship. Now we know this is not the case because we have Kyopo, right? Maybe we have Korean Americans or Korean or some other ethnicity or citizenship. You are ethnically Korean, but you were born and raised in a different country. And so you might call yourself Korean British, Korean American, Korean whatever, right? And so that's where it gets a little bit sticky. How do you define these people? Oh, are you mm-hmm. Korean? Are you American? Mm-hmm. What in it? That we still have that kind of conversation here in Korea as well because ethnicity and citizenship is still so closely tied together. Right. I mean, you take a country like America where to be American doesn't mean that you're a certain race, mm. you know, no matter what people might think. <laughs> what there might be out there right now. Right. Yeah. And even in the minds of, you know, even still to like certain Korean people, they think American, they think white. Mm-hmm. Right. That is totally. The, yeah. But in America, there is a clear, a much clearer distinction, at least on paper, uh, that your citizenship is just basically your legal right to live in the country and to enjoy all the benefits of living in America. But that doesn't mean that you are, like American is not a race. Mm. Korean is, is or I should say American is not an ethnic group, Yeah. right? But Korean is an ethnic group, but also it is a uh, citizenship status. Yes. So, uh, so I think 
looking again, the empathetic side is like, okay, so like in Korea, it's obviously easier to see how the lines could get like so mixed, mm. right? Because Korean, Korean, you know, citizenship is is all the same essentially, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in America, it's 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 different, yeah, but they're related yeah. in many ways. But the U.S. is a very different case. It is than unique. Yeah. Many many countries. Right, but that is the angle. From which at least we're used to looking mm-hmm. at citizenship and ethnicity and race from. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of countries there, it's it's more connected. Mm-mm-mm. So so that statement, I suppose, is more geared to Koreans. Korean mm-hmm. listeners, right? Who might be like, well, how could you be Korean when your citizenship is not Korean? Right? And trying to make it clear. There is a difference between what your ethnicity is and your citizenship. And I think if you're born and raised and grow up in Korea, fully surrounded by Koreans, you might… It might be very easy. Of course, it's very easy to just assume, well, if you're Korean, then you also will look ethnically Korean. Right? Mm -hmm. Which is not always the case. But we just wanted to make that distinction because… I think it's important. Right. But also, uh, I, and you can probably correct me if I'm wrong or looking at it differently, but uh, even in the Korean language, when you take the word hanguk saram, mm. it could all, it can mean not like a Korean citizen, but mm-hmm. also mean like an ethnically Korean person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think Koreans use that interchangeably all the time. <sighs> I don't know though, because think about the phrase urinara saram. Mm-hmm. When you say urinara saram is like, our country person, Urinara mm-hmm. Saram, right. which literally, I mean, if you take it very literal, it just means like person who's living in our country who has rights to live in our country, Urinara Saram. It's not really referencing an ethnic group. However, the underlining understanding is when you say Urinara Saram, it means Korean, ethnically Korean. Mm-hmm. That's what, because people will use that phrase with me all the time. Urinara Saram, you're not mm-hmm. our country person, right? Yeah. I mean, what about like, for example, whenever you're doing like the, uh, I guess here in Korea, a lot of times you have to do these like certifications or I, I, I don't know how you would call it, but like the engine, mm-hmm. right? Through the like phone. the banking or yeah. for phone so payments. Basically, it's just a way to verify your identity if you want to sign up for an app or, yeah. you know, you're, you know, it's just something that you do commonly here where you put in your name and they verify you by your phone number. And then they always ask if you're Hangugin or Weigugin, mm. right? So… So there. <laughs> so so the thing is, what if I was like Hangukin as in Korean, Weigukin as in foreign? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so so what if I was like a Korean gyopo, but you know I'm a foreign. Like obviously I understand that I have to put Weigukin, but or foreigner, but uh-huh. I'm also Korean. Uh-huh. So it's almost like I don't know. I feel like I feel like the 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 lines are so yeah muddled together. It's yeah. it's really weird, but it makes you feel again. Oh, you're an outsider, even as a Korean person right. in those moments. It's just the it's the is the emphasis that we put inside that word itself. Because Hanguk in could I mean could literally mean just like Korean person, person living in Korea. Mm-hmm. However, because of just the general connotation, Hanguk in means like Korean ethnically Korean person. Um and maybe that will change over time, but I doubt it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think it's going to change. But I, it's just a matter of how much um, it affects us personally to see that distinction and and where we fall between those places. Because there is nothing innately wrong to being mm-hmm. just hangukin, just weigukin. There's nothing innately wrong with that. Right. It's purely the way that society and community treats you based on where you fall within those two categories. Sure. If does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Um, another thing I wanted to follow up with this is it's very clear that you and I were born and raised in the States, though I especially have spent significant time here in Korea. And we have also had our um, 
our experiences with our mixed Korean upbringings. But something that we will hear often from people is be like, you're just an American obsessed with race. You're just an American obsessed with race. And I think, um, unfortunately, I would say the U.S. bears that uh, reputation of being race obsessed. And I would say there's good reasons for that, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe it can veer too far on one side or the other. But undoubtedly, the U.S. is obsessed with race because race is a huge issue in the U.S. Right. It always has been. And it still is. Yes. Right. And we're not talking specifically about Korean in this case, right? Mm-hmm. Korean ethnicity, dealing with American, all of those, blah, blah, blah. But when people use that phrase to dismiss you as half Korean, so someone who's half Korean wants to learn about Korean culture, comes to Korea, wants to talk about it, grappling with their identity as mixed Korean, for somebody who doesn't understand what that is, can out- easily look at it from the outside in and just be like, you're just obsessed with race. You're an American obsessed with race. Like, get over it. You're American. Mm -hmm. And I think that is um, a very dismissive comment to make for somebody, especially who's half Korean, trying to actively make the choice to try to understand where do they belong in this Korean identity and society? And what does that mean? I being half Korean and Mm -hmm. to dismiss it outright. Oh, you're just American obsessed with race. I think it's a pretty hurtful comment, to be honest. Right. And… I mean, there's so many like nuances to, you know, a half Korean who wants to explore that side even further by getting more into trying to learn the language mm-hmm. maybe or, um, you know, trying to, I don't know, just assimilate in society just mm-hmm. to be a little bit more Korean to learn how Koreans are. Uh, there's a lot of nuance to that. But, you know, I wonder if you take someone who is, for example, a Korean adoptee, mm-hmm. right, who was adopted out from essentially from birth and they want to come and learn what their culture is. Mm. I know there is a big difference between someone who is half Korean that might have grown up uh, with a Korean parent. But like, what is the difference between that Korean, you know, wanting to learn and explore their culture? Are you going to dismiss them because Mm -hmm. they were technically growing up in, let's just say they were adopted into American family. They technically grew up as an American. Mm-hmm. Again, I know it's it's very different. Yeah. Right. I I, I realize that. I get what that. you're going with. Yeah, but like, uh, what is wrong with an adoptee uh wanting to learn Korean, wanting to sort of assimilate back into Korean society? We know we have a lot of Korean adoptee friends here who who decided to move to Korea, mm-hmm. even though they have like or they started with very little Korean knowledge. Mm-mm-mm. You know what I mean? And uh are we going to dismiss them as well? I, okay, I see where you're going. Yeah. Maybe I can try to clarify that statement a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so you're saying somebody… Because I'm not saying it's the same for sure. I understand. Yeah. yeah. So somebody who is ethnically Korean, was born in Korea, but then adopted and separated forcibly from any Korean culture or experience or Korean family mm-hmm. to go live with an American family, right? And their full exposure growing up would have only been English and what their American family would have been like and American society and schooling. And then when they're in their 20s, let's say, suddenly realizes, or it's been over a period of time, you know what? I want to learn more about what it means to be Korean. I'm Korean too. What does that mean? And then goes on their journey to experience and learn what that might mean to them. Mm-hmm. Could we then look at that person and be like, who do you think you are? You're not even Korean. Like you have nothing to do with Korea. So why suddenly you're 20 and 30? Like, why do you want to learn about Korea all of a sudden? You're just American. Oh, you're just an American obsessed with race. Mm-hmm. Would we use that statement in this case? As opposed to someone who's half Korean, who grows up with a Korean parent in the household, 
right? Has some experience learning about Korean race and culture and, and, and all of that, but primarily has, let's say, an American upbringing just simply because of the American society surrounding them. And then in their 20s and 30s realizes, man, there's a lot about Korean culture and history and all of this that I don't understand. I'm going to learn about it. Would we then look at that individual and be like, what? What? Why does it matter to you? You're not right. even Korean. You don't even look Korean. Like right. you don't have any experience with it outside of your mom. Could would we use that statement with them in this case? Right. And it feels like, or judging from our own experience, more often than not, it's so much easier for somehow the outside world to look at mixed Koreans and use that statement as opposed to someone who's 100% ethnically Korean who is then trying to explore their Korean roots. Yeah. What she said is what I was trying to say. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I just took it too far. Like no, I'm no, just no. like blah, 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 blah. No. And again, uh, I just want to reiterate. Uh, so I'm not misunderstood. We know there are different it's, it's situations, very different, obviously. And there's different weights to it. But I was just trying to make a point yeah. that, um, you know, a lot of times half Koreans are sort of uh, put in a different category of like mm. being dismissed mm -mm -mm. for wanting to… Learn about their Korean side. I mean, because there are a lot of half Koreans where, again, they grew up with very little Korean influence. Mm -hmm. Or maybe their, you know, even their parent is maybe uh, first gen and mm -hmm. they are second gen. Like their parent grew up mostly American, mm -mm -mm. right? So they didn't get the chance to experience Korean culture like with our moms mm -hmm. in the house. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to just clarify that. Yeah. But… At the end of the day, like, why are we even, why are we so dismissive of people wanting to mm. learn more about the culture? Why are we dismissive of someone like myself who decided at the age of 33 to move to Korea? Oh, actually, I was 32, going on 33, just to I clarify. I met you when you were 33. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, why would someone <laughs> like me decide to just uproot everything and then start over, right. you know, in Korea? Yeah. I mean… Among a lot of reasons, like for me to like connect and learn more just at least once in my life in Korea to learn about Korean culture from that angle. Mm -hmm. Like that was very important for me. Mm -mm -mm. Like I'm, it doesn't mean I'm ashamed of my black side. It doesn't mean uh, I'm neglecting Africa, which is a comment that I get <laughs> oh all the gosh. time. Why don't you move to Africa? <laughs> why don't you move to Africa? She's <laughs> like, well, why don't you move to Africa then? Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Okay, like, let uh, me just move to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation that we can have. That yeah. We might have in the future. I don't want to go into it now. But um, yeah. So like, like for someone like myself, if someone were to say to me, uh, you know, why are you so obsessed? Or mm. like, what's the point? You're not going to be accepted as Korean anyway. Like mm. that's very dismissive. It's very hurtful. Ah, uh, it's a, yeah. It's and a it's, very hard it's really, statement. yeah, it's really, whatever they're trying to say through that is, is not true anyway, mm. but it's still hurtful. Um, I don't see anything wrong with wanting to learn more about a culture that, you know, you feel like you didn't have a lot of exposure to growing up. Right. I think that's a beautiful thing. I want to tack on to this um, statement, what we had just been talking to prior about all of this. Okay, that didn't make any sense at all. You don't know where I'm going with this. Let me start over. I want to tack on to this, this case where we were talking about, say, someone who's mixed Korean wants to then explore their Korean roots as to po so post to someone who is 100% ethnically Korean adoptee who wants to then explore their roots. Now, what about in the case of someone who's half Korean and adoptee? Mm. Does their situation become different than somebody who's 100% ethnically Korean and adoptee? Right. Because the problem with 
this case is still, it comes to the person on the outside looking at you and the assumptions that they're making about you. Yet somebody who is also half Korean and an adoptee may too feel that draw. I would really love to know where my Korean roots are. And then you on the outside looking at the person, you don't even look Korean. Like, what's the big deal? You're just obsessed with race. Like, you grew up in America. Why do you have to? I think then you're… Again, you're somehow categorizing that person based purely on what your assumption is of what it is to look Korean. Mm -hmm. And therefore, a right to being Korean or a right to have access to Korean culture or a right to explore all of that. So I think um, it's very… It's very harmful and hurtful to dismiss someone outright. And the issue is with mixed Koreans is that sometimes it's not apparent by first look if you're Korean or not. And so being very cautious with those terms Mm. of being like, oh, well, you're just an American obsessed with race. Forget about it. Yeah. Right. And what if you were obsessed with race in the sense (laughs) of just, you know, you're interested in it and you're interested in the nuances and how people groups are and and culture. So what? Mm. You know what I mean? In, in a healthy way. In a healthy way, of course. I yeah. mean, anything can be unhealthy mm. if it's, you know, too excessive or, you know, extreme. Yeah. But… Exactly. You know? You know, people study cultures and, you know, uh, race, if, if you will. There's so many blurred lines, I would say. This, this is why these kind of conversations require conversation. As mm-hmm. opposed to blanket statements or just hard… This, yes, that, no. Because it is true that there are some kind of blurred lines. And we're not going to get into all of that right now. But, I, you know, I think about this all the time, Cooks. About um, how far is too far. So when I see people are like, this is my quarter Korean kid. Proud Korean. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder. Sometimes I look at that and be like, well, are they Korean? Right? And I ask myself this statement. Hmm, are they Korean? And how far, if you're one eighth, are you still Korean? And… If you're one quarter Korean and you want to come to Korea and explore your Korean roots, but your parent is half Korean who had no exposure to Korean culture at all, sometimes mm-hmm. I look at that and I think, hmm, well, is your kid ever going to be Korean? Is your kid ever going to have a right to claim themselves as Korean? And the problem is the lines are very blurred mm-hmm. when we're having these kind of conversations because it isn't it isn't 100% obvious, right? Yeah. Unless uh, you look at their one-year-old birthday parties because it seems like every quarter Korean kid has a Dojanji. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because of the, which is sweet, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's, the that's culture great. being carried down. Yeah. You have to ask yourself: Is this the real culture? Is this diluted culture? Or, but I mean, that's the beautiful thing about culture and traditions too: is that they it does change over time as well. Mm-hmm. Is that a new culture? Is this no longer Korean culture? And that's the beauty of having these discussions about culture and mixed race and all of these changes that happen, um, because it is constantly fluctuating, mm-hmm. growing, and adapting. Yeah. Right. I mean, just a just a that's a different topic. It is, but just to add a quick comment on that, like I just think if someone who is quarter Korean wants to go back and explore what is what is being Korean, like mm. what is the culture of Korea, um, I think let them explore because it literally is a part of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's socially acceptable in Korea or not, like to to sort of claim that right to be mm-hmm. able to explore that as a quarter Korean doesn't matter, mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you'll have a hard sell trying to, uh, you know, present yourself as a Korean to Koreans here. But mm. at the end of the day, like that's that's who you are. That's part of who you are. That's part of your story. Mm. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that part of your story. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious about… Uh, so one of the most famous quarter Koreans that I'm aware of is Anderson Park. 
you know, Anderson Park, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's quarter Korean. Yeah, I was about to say he's half Korean, but yeah, he's yeah, quarter. Yeah, he's quarter Korean. And I wonder about the case of Anderson Park. He married a Korean woman, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast, I want to be you. Not be you. I said meet you. I realized it sounded like be you. <laughs> I want to meet you. I want to be you. <laughs> you kind of look like him. You have that big smile. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Anyway, Anderson Park. So I think about him. Say he came to Korea and he was like, okay, I'm going to really explore my Korean roots. I'm going to mm-hmm. learn the Korean language and um, I'm going to figure out what it means to be Korean. I'm going to go to Korean military. All Let's say he went through the whole thing of what it is to go through the cultural Korean experience. In the end, would he be accepted as Korean? Anderson Park. Just, right. just by this clear statement of just looking at him. Mm-hmm. Of course not. And it's it's horrible that I would have to say it like that so bluntly. But I mean, no, in Korea, I can't imagine anyone in the Korean society being like, oh yeah, he's one of ours. Well, unless he's like super, super famous. Well, he is which he's, super he's, famous. Right. And they, but you not know, Korea in Korea. Korea. might kind of claim super, him. Oh, well, you know Korea loves I mean? to do that. Yeah. Maybe if he goes through military, right? Right. That's a big stepping stone to become a Korean man. Mm-hmm. Go to the military. Yeah. Yeah. That was my Korean man voice. <laughs> But yeah, it is interesting with him though because like he did marry a a Korean Korean girl who I believe went to the States Mm. uh, later on in her life. Um, And his mom was half Korean, Mm -hmm. but I believe she was an adoptee. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think they had like Korean influence at least with him growing up. Yeah. So I think most of his Korean influence came from like his wife. Mm -hmm. And now he's all a, you know, he's, it's a very good mix when you follow him on Instagram. Like he, (laughs) there, there are Korean elements that pop into his stories. And he's always eating like Korean food, like chapcha. I think yeah. is his favorite. Like I keep saying, he just he, he loves him. He's always eating chapcha. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I I think it's just um, I don't know. It's it's cool that someone like that could still embrace part of his roots. Mm-mm-mm. You know, even though he probably had very little to no influence growing yeah. up. Yeah, and I now like that. I mean, with social media, and of course, like the world is a bit more porous. The the borders between cultures and countries a bit more porous. We're able to observe mm-hmm. people and the things that they do and things that they believe and the way they act and the influences they have on a grander scale than I would say 20 years ago. So it is very, very interesting to see these developments when it comes to culture and mixed race happening. Yeah. Yeah. So Anderson Park, I mean, reach out anytime. You, you're super welcome here. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to interview. Yeah. I'd, what what's the chances that he will hear this episode? I don't know, but y'all tag him on uh, Twitter, or oh, yeah. Instagram, shoot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody just tag him on Instagram. Make a copy of this segment, put it on your Instagram, and then tag him. Right. You know, I bet he'd see it. My work. John Baptiste saw my story once. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why. It's irrelevant to the conversation. <laughs> I know, but, yeah. but I don't know why he, he shared my story on his Instagram. <laughs> it was when his song Freedom came out. Mm-hmm. Everybody, it was like all these people dancing and celebrating this beautiful new song that came out. And then I just, I just picked it because when I like it and the lyrics suited me walking around in my new dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like this one Korean girl wearing a flower dress <laughs> with his song. But he reposted me, guys. He did. All of that to say it's possible. Anderson Pak. Anderson. We're not yeah. on a first name basis, but… Mr. Pak. Mr. Pak. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pakshi. <laughs> um, okay. Is there anything else that we wanted to add about this topic? Half Korean means not Korean. I don't know. I think my my additional comment would be… Um, 
you just have to you just have to own your Koreanness yourself, even if like Korean people won't own it for you, you know. And if you want to explore, I think you have every right as a half Korean to explore because that is literally like genetically about half of who you are, mm. you know, at least with, you know, the genetics, but also there's a lot of cultural components to where those genes came from. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that makes sense. So like mm. you can own it. Um, and you don't have to worry about being accepted by everyone or everyone understanding what you're doing. Mm. Because I had to go through that as well with my journey with me starting the YouTube channel and then me getting a bunch of comments mm -hmm. from people and I still do. But <laughs> I just owned it. It's like… I'm sorry. I just laugh every time you get a comment. It's like, why don't you live in Africa? Yeah. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Sorry. Because no, it's, it's like, where in Africa? Where right, do you want me to go? Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just think you just got to own it and don't let anyone… Don't let anyone's opinions of you stop you from exploring more mm. or just worrying about how you're being perceived. Because even though there are, you know, there are people that are, that will, I guess, uh, give you some resistance, there's also going to be people that will support your journey. Mm. And there will be a lot of Koreans that will support your journey and try to understand. Even mm -hmm. though they may not be able to understand from your perspective, they mm. will try to support. And I just think that we have to realize that because a lot of times, the most outspoken people are the minority, you know, and their opinion. Are you talking about in a negative sense? Yeah, in like, a negative sense, a lot of times when because people say like, mean things. Right. I don't think. Um, I think most most people mean well. They may be ignorant in some ways, but you know, just own it and just explore as much as you want to. Yeah, it's this hard crossing of um, one side, the very human desire to be accepted and to find your home. Say, quote unquote home, right? Because mm -hmm. home can carry many connotations. But we, we have this, this human natural desire to belong somewhere and to yeah. be accepted for who we are and to not stick out like a sore thumb, to not be shunted to the side, but to actually be just part of the uri, if we're going to use the Korean term, this community, this, this tightness, this group. We have this very human desire for that. And so people who are maybe half Korean work very hard to be part of that uri. Let me in, let me in, let me in. And there will be those who will not let you in. There will be those mm -hmm. who will resist. There will be those who say, you're not Korean. I don't care if you speak Korean. I don't care if this or that. You're just not Korean because there are some expectations that they might have of what it means to be Korean and you cannot fulfill them. And that has nothing to do on you. And so there is that this happening and the recognition that there's going to be that resistance. And I think… Um, the thing that is changing and I think is important to note is it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It is not a bad thing to not be part of that uri because mixed Koreans and Korean kyopos are a separate culture. Things have changed. There are differences. And I think it's just the natural change and flow of culture and time and history. If we want to bring it even a little closer to home, if it might be hard to acknowledge that, like, well, but I am Korean. If it might be hard to acknowledge that there are going to be differences that you just can't overcome. Mm -hmm. Think about now as time has passed between North and South Korea. Mm, same right. peninsula, same bloodlines. Yet, North and South Korea have now diverged and changed so much that even North Koreans who maybe defect to South Korea will have a hard time adjusting or there will be things that people can't understand about each other because culturally and your mind and societally, you're so different. And so 
I think the important thing to note is while we're still figuring out what are those differences, what does this mean in the realistic world, not just academic out there talk, um, the thing to recognize is it's not a bad thing. This is why I really want to emphasize. Because I think especially half Koreans who work really hard to be part of the wudi, to be part of the whole in the community, beat themselves up for not being able to. Mm-hmm. Because people who are in the wudi is constantly pushing you away. Making you feel like the, the bad one here, the wrong one here. And it's not a bad thing. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that. But it's not a bad thing to have those differences. So this is kind of what I wanted to settle on. Anything else? I received that. I receive. I give that to you. Oh, thank you. I pour that on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very good advice. Advice that I I can hear every day. Yeah, and it's mm. and it's something I have to tell myself. Yeah. Every single day because it's every single day you feel the separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that is why we're here to say those things. Yeah. Yeah, and and also you're you're not alone if you feel that way. I mean, <laughs> we're just being honest with how we feel yeah. and our experiences. We're right there with you. You know, we're just learning how to navigate this just as much as you are. Mm. And also our experience will not always be everyone else's experience. Exactly. So if exactly. you're coming into this like, well, that's not the case with me. That's fine. We understand yeah. that as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. Do we want to wrap it up here then? Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. All right. Because you said, I think we can wrap it up. I guess it's time to wrap it up. I don't have listener mail right now. So we'll just leave it at this. But if you have a comment that you would like to share with us or your own experience, your own story or question, you can leave a comment below if you're watching this on YouTube. Or you can send us a message uh, at thehalfyproject at gmail.com. Like, love, subscribe, listen to this and share. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we will see you next time. We are… The Happy Project.